Hey, what's going on, Dividend Investing viewer? My name is Russ, and in this interview that I have for you, I'm chatting with a listener who is not a content creator in any way, shape, or form, but somebody that had emailed me and I thought had an interesting and unique story and perspective that I wanted to share with you because he was broke at age 38 and now has a net worth of over $170,000 at age 43. He is a retired United United States Marine and one of the very interesting things that we talked about was when he said I would sell everything in my portfolio but for these three stocks. So feel free to use the timestamps below and jump ahead to that if you'd like but I think there's something interesting for everybody especially if you are somebody or know somebody that's going to be going into the United States military. And now I bring you an interview with Mike Cowley. Michael, what's up, man? Thank you so very much for joining us. And like I said in the intro, I had no idea who you were or you just emailed me right out of the blue. And I was like, you know what? I think you got a cool story and you can really help some people that are looking for answers that are probably in the military. I'm so excited to have you join us. So dude, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast here. Yeah. I, I, you know, thanks for, for bringing me on. I, I'd love to help people. So this would be great. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So we'll just jump right into it and tell everybody in the wide, wide world of YouTube and podcast land. When did you go into the Marine Corps? How did that look when you decided you wanted to go in? And uh, when was that that you went in? How old were you? So I was I was eighteen. The day I, the, actually the day I graduated, I went to I went to the hotel and shipped off to boot camp at about four o'clock the next morning. Nineteen ninety nine. Ninety nine. Yeah, dude. So I went in. Yeah, I got out in ninety nine. I went in in ninety six. So that's cool. We're almost overlapped. Almost yeah. overlapped. But I took the summer off. I was a little bit like, yeah, you know, I'm excited to go, but I think I'm gonna take the summer. So I went in September when all my friends were going to college. That's when I went to uh when i went to the uh the good old usn which by the way the marines are the department of the navy well i'm sure you're aware of that we're the men's department i was waiting for it dude we didn't set that up i was waiting that's like if you know you know if you're in so i was hoping you would say that so, <laughs> yes the men's department all righty so early investing experience inside of the marine corps did you have any investing experience when you went in what did that whole finances look like for you and just talk us through a little bit about of like your frame of mind when you were in uh, those early days. Early days, I had no plan. I uh, didn't know what investing was. Didn't care about it. You know, they don't teach it. In, they don't teach it in school, which is uh, is a shame. The only thing I knew was I didn't want to be in the position that my family was currently in. Uh, so I wanted to do better. Uh, it wasn't until probably two years, three years after I, I, I joined that they came up with this thing called the Thrift Savings Plan. It's, it's essentially a 401k for federal employees. At the time, they don't match. They didn't match. They do now. But I didn't know anything about it. So I just said, oh, I'll throw 1% in here, 2%. And I would bring it up. I'd bring it up and bring it down on percentages based on how I felt that month, which was stupid. I should have just set, set it and forget it. But I started, started doing that and I should have paid attention to it because it was all going into a money market fund instead of like the S&P 500 or small caps or international. And that was my eighth year. Uh, I went, went into a class before I deployed. They made us do a financial class. And I kind of was like, okay, so I can be rich one day. So then I started looking at it. It was a lot of good information. So I actually started delving into stocks and delving into ETFs and mutual funds. Um, it was It was just 
so much information. It was, it was a lot of fun digging into that. What what class is that? Do they still have it now? Is it that was that was a class by the Marines then, by our government that they put that? Um, out for you? Yeah. So our battalion had was was hosting a like a big deployment. Get ready for deployment. Get your money right before you deploy because you know when you deploy, you have you you hope you got mama back home taking care of the bills. You know you you got to you got to take care of your family back here. So they they sent us they they sent us all down. And this this one guy came in. I don't know where he was from. He could, he was from a brokerage, and he was telling us about finances and how we should invest our money. And we had all this extra money when we're deployed, so you can invest it. Um, you could do all of this, and he he showed a little diagram. If you invest this much for this long at this percentage, you could have a million dollars. And so as soon as he said all that, I was like, whoa, okay, I need to listen to this guy. Um, cause that, that was my, that was my aha moment. Essentially. That was my, I knew I didn't want to be where I was. This is where I can be. So that's where I'm going. Dude, I, I'm jealous. I'm jealous. You got that because man, like I said, in the nineties and when I was in, there was nothing, nothing. I didn't know as we've ta- I've talked about earlier, I, t- I spent all my money on drinking, gambling, women, all gone, saved nothing. And unfortunately when I got out, the last check that I got was all that I had. So it was really, really sad to think of like all the young people that went in before, you know, before we did, we, when we both went in that got no kind of financial education whatsoever. They didn't have the TSP. I mean, we're just paying social security taxes. I, I yeah. believe that was it. It was awful. So it's good. You got that. Uh, now you did your 20 years. You retired out of yeah. the, out of the Marines or retired from the Marines, but you are still always a Marine. Always. And I don't know why we don't say that. Once a sailor, always a sailor. It just it doesn't have really good. Once no. a soldier, always a soldier. Eh. Yeah. We're, we're no, the, only, you guys. the Marines are the only branch that can say, I'm a Marine. What are you going to say? I'm a soldier. I'm a sailor. I'm, I'm, you can say, I'm, I'm a Navy. Exactly. You know, and that's the funny thing. Like I have a friend uh, down at Belmont Harbor, or he has a boat in Belmont Harbor here in Chicago, and he's a sailor. He knows more about sailing than I do, but you know, <laughs> it's just, it just doesn't have that same ring. So kudos to that. That was cool that you had that aha moment and you didn't want to be where you wanted to be. So did you have any early challenges? I mean, was there any mistakes you made? Anything that oh, there was a bunch you, know, you of- kind of would have done different? Oh, there's a lot of them. Not knowing anything about investments. I, there was times I hesitated to put any money into the TSP because I didn't know what it was. I was like, oh, they're just trying to take my money. Something else, you know, it's just another scam. Um, so I, I, I would put money in at 1% knowing I could put in a whole lot more, um, but I didn't. And then I went up to 3%, then 5%, back down to 1%. Um, and I mean, you couldn't take in-service withdrawals, but uh, I did do something really stupid. I drew it all out when I retired to pay off a bunch of debt. So uh, that was a big, huge mistake. Never do that. Um, but my biggest thing was- we'll see. Yeah. I, I took I, out a big chunk to pay off I took out, um, I took out $170,000. You one up to me then. Yeah, I, I I was only at like I think we did about ten grand to pay. Oh, wow. We paid off debt and we bought some gold and silver. There you so, go. Stupid. so stupid. <laughs> yeah, I, I did it because because um because of debt. I was uh, took out a bunch of uh, stupid debt cars. Uh, re- when I retired, I bought a brand new motorcycle because I deserved it. I retired, uh, so I paid all that stuff off and. To this day, I regret it because I would have I would have multi million dollars. So that was you know live and learn, dude. Like you said, that was you know we can't uh, we can't go back and change the past, but we can not only learn what we're gonna do different going forward, but we can also share what we did wrong with people like you who are listening. And you know, by the way, 
for all of you watching, thank you so much for being with us. I really do. We really do appreciate that. So you paid off to I, talk to that a little bit. Like just, I mean, you have a son. I mean, what do you tell him about? Is that one of the things you, I don't want to say beat into his head. That sounds wrong. But I mean, is that one of the things you talk about staying out of consumer debt and understanding oh, yeah. your income? For sure. Yeah. So um, I actually did him a huge favor. I bought him his first car. Brand spanking new when he turned 17. Um, and, uh, you know, I sold my house. So I had, I rolled some money into my savings, but I also bought him a car. So he wouldn't have consumer debt. I don't want the kid to have any consumer debt whatsoever. Now, when he got his first job, I told him, you're going to live on 30% and you're going to invest the rest. So we, that 70%, we break between a savings emergency fund. Um, and then the rest goes to his Roth IRA. He said, okay, you know, he's fine with that. And my, my thinking is, behind that is I know based on my income that I, I, I live on about 30% and the rest goes to necessities. Um, you know, so he does the same thing. He if, he, if he lives by that and learns by that, he'll have multi-million dollars by the time he's our age. You know, I, sh I showed it to him $1 right now, by the time he's 60 will equal $97. You know, that's just $1. He's got $4,000 already saved up and he works part-time. You know, he goes to school full-time, he works part-time. Yeah, he just, he invests and he's all about it. He's like, here's all my money, do it, do it, do it. So he's getting excited about it. Um, I show him the numbers and his eyes get all big. So he's super excited. Yeah. How does he feel about, so as we're recording this, the market just has had a string of <laughs> red bloody days, just getting beaten down. So like, how do, does, how is his mentality around that stuff? I mean, what do you, what do you educate him on it? Does he care? Is he worried? He doesn't, care. he doesn't even look at it. He just wants to put more money into it. Um, and I'm like, do you have any money to, to, no, he's like, what do I need money for? I go to school and I eat, I eat free. What do I need money for? He doesn't have a girlfriend. He doesn't leave the house. He plays video games uh, when he's home. So yeah, sure. Okay. I'll, I, he's got, I got 20 bucks in the bank. I'm good. Okay. So I, the rest of it, he doesn't even look at it. And of course I don't tell him the market's down and you, you know, you've lost $300 in your portfolio, but at, in, at the end of the day, that's, that's small game. You know, he's looking 40 years from now, not right. Not this week, next week. I'm jealous dude. And that's crazy. 30% that yeah. you live on. I'm the opposite. <clears throat> we, uh, save 30% and we live on the 70s. So, I mean, dude, that's fabulous that you guys can make that work. And yeah. it's just igniting fire to that, to the fire, to when you can, your, yeah. your investments and your savings are going to so rocket you. We bring in about being retired. We bring in about 104,000 a year. Um, mm -hmm. and we save over 4,000 a month. And then yeah. we live on, um, just like just basic everyday thing. We, we both live on $250 a week. Um, and when that money is gone, it's gone. We don't do anything. You know, I mean, that's a lot of discretionary funding we have. And we save 4000 a month. Hardcore. Dude, that's what that is. That's hardcore savings. But you got to be aggressive. Like, I feel like you're trying to make up for lost time and some mistakes we made in the past. I wish some to God I would have known that. I mean, when I was young, when I was your son's age, it was like, Money was what can money buy? Like, that's what, what can I use money to buy instead of what can money earn? Right. And that's one thing I wish to God somebody would have just stopped me and smacked me upside the head and told me. But I, so, I, I tell him all the time I'm jealous. I wish, I wish to God I could be 17 again. 
and have the information that I have now, or even younger, because I would, I would have saved all the birthday money. I would have saved every dollar that I ever got. You have it so lucky at an early age. If you just start early. You know what it is? I heard, um, I don't know if you know who Manish Pabrai is, the uh, famous investor. Uh, I heard him recently talking about, it's all about the doubles and the rule of 72, yep. how long it takes to double your money, the rule of 72. Let's see if I can explain this. You take the interest you want, divide it by 72 is the common one. So. 10% divided by 72. So every 7.2 years at 10% compounded return, you'll double your money. So like he said, it's exponential and it's just all about the doubles. During your life, you want as many doublings of your money as possible. Yeah. So the earlier you start, the more doubles you get. And it's just math. You will be, like you said, your son will be a multimillionaire. Oh, yeah. It's just, it's just math. Obviously, you know, not if you put it all into TSLY, maybe, or, you know, <laughs> or JetB or JetQ. Right. It may be okay. Or, you know, but I'm thinking more like individual stocks and things like that. Things that are highly leveraged. It's just that market. So the S&P 500, which, you know, it's self-cleansing. I think still a year to date, the S&P 500 is up. Well, a lot of stocks that I'm individually invested in for the dividend income. Yeah, I, I, I checked today and it's up 10% for the year. And the, that's the thing to me that's, you know, now that's total return. And, yep. you know, what we're trying to do, what we're comfortable with is we're trying to maximize the passive income, the dividend income, right. and essentially living off the interest without having to eat into the principal, meaning not having to sell any shares of stock. Still, dude, like, you don't, the S&P, it's like, you don't have to do anything. You just put money into this ticker, you know, research, no nothing. Yeah. There's nothing required other than just directing money into that and then you can forget about it and be on your way but yeah. maybe it's some lunatics like us that like to go a little bit deeper and you know play the game a little bit differently so i guess we kind of covered a little bit of you know what advice we would give to the youth so you manage portfolios for a few people now from what you've yeah. told me which is crazy so tell me what does that look like and then maybe even you know what are some of your favorite stocks right now, some of your favorite investments, or you don't have to give dollar amounts, but what are, what are you invested in mostly? Okay. So, um, well, my net worth is about 176,000. So I do manage uh, four different portfolios for various people that were in the military. Um, they, they're all guys that I worked with. One guy is now 65 and retired. He's, he's He's got about two million um, just sitting around and, you know, he's got, he's got his play money where he does do individual stocks every once in a while, but majority of it right now is just sitting in money market funds and i can't really fault him for that he's pulling in five percent interest i, I can't yeah. i can't fault him for that he's just work he just wants income right now but uh, he's not looking for growth you know he wants to spend every last dollar before he dies okay you know that's, that's your that's your right it's your privilege um the other ones you know i just got him you know they've got 20 years to go until i retired so you know we just keep it simple you know, there's, you don't have to do anything extravagant. Um, if there's a certain stock that they're, that they're really passionate about, sure, we'll throw a little bit of money in that. But I don't want any, any in the, any portfolio, I don't want any single stock to go over 5%. In my own personal portfolio, I don't have any stock over 3%. The rest of them are in ETFs. So I, 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 my big three are VU for the S&P 500, SCHD for the value push towards it, and then either QQQM, v, uh, VGT, or my big thing right now is XLK and uh, VGT and XLK are both uh, information tech and they're both up 
extremely high just this year, but I'll, I'll alternate between VGT and XLK. You're in IT, right? That's what you're yeah. doing now these days. Yeah. Even though you don't have to, I mean, you enjoy doing it, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll build computers on the side. I'll, um, I'll do some, some, uh, some people will call me and ask me for advice and I'll just help them real quick. My family calls me all the time, you know? So yeah, there's, it, it's fun. It's just something to do. I will preface it like i was gonna say you have a net worth what was that 170k you said yeah about 176 right now 176 so it shows you don't need to be a multimillionaire to be you know air quotes retired and um i don't know how you feel like i feel like i never want to be like re- retired i'm always going to be doing something for money but just i kind of want to shift into doing something eventually that i really love doing <laughs> kind of right. like youtube and doesn't pay a whole lot of money kind of like youtube but it's just you you love that they're helping people that community aspect you do have money coming in from the government so that yep. does help and that's something i wanted to point out to uh, a lot of people that are either in or maybe thinking of getting out. So that does kind of help to offset if you can get um, government money coming in. Right. 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 Yeah. So I retired and of course I get my retirement check, but another big thing is the VA it's, it's tax free income, uh, you know, hundred percent permanent total. So I bring in about $4,000 a month from that. Um, so I'm very lucky. Uh, you know, there's a lot, there's not a lot of 43 year olds that, you know, can say they're retired. Man. You yeah. got to tell it. I, I, you said lucky and I will say lucky. So just really quick, tell, tell the story of dude, when you thought it was over, you thought you were punched out, you punched your <laughs> ticket, you were checking there, out. There's what actually, happened? there's a, quite a few of them, but the biggest one that, that affected me the most was um, we were doing a court and knock on a building, which means we surround the building and we break down the door. Cause where we was this? It, it was in Iraq. Um, so we were told that there were, you know, Hajis in this building. Uh, terrorist. So we said, okay, we'll take it out. I was the door kicker that day. Lucky, you know, poor, poor straw picker, whatever. We got ready. We mounted on the door. I kicked in the door. And as soon as I kicked in the door, all I saw was flashes and severe pain. And it knocked me back two or three feet. And I thought I was dead. Um, so what had happened was when I kicked open the door, I was shot with a machine gun about seven times in total. All of my flak was destroyed. My sappies were destroyed. Uh, all, I have I had 12 magazines on my chest full of ammo. They were all destroyed. It crushed my sternum, broke six ribs. It was like I had an out-of-body experience because I saw them drag my body around and I saw a guy throwing a grenade. The grenade went off and as soon as it went off, I blacked out. And I thought I was dead. I thought I was done. Um, and then I woke up in Germany and I just recovered from there. But yeah, it was, there was a bunch of them. IED explosions, you know, IEDs right next to you going off. Um, an IED buried so deep that it lifts you off the ground instead of it killing you, it just lifts you off the ground because it moved all the earth. And I, I, I come down and, and busted my knee. Yeah. So I just wanted to share that because some people that don't understand might hear like, oh, the government's giving this guy $4,000. No, you you earned that money because of what the government asked you to do. So, you know, again, man, thank you for your service. Like that is just such a world of difference from what I was in. I'm floating around on this boat. Like even when we went in the Persian Gulf and stuff, yeah. uh, I was never in, I was never kicking indoors and and put on anything like that. So uh, you unfortunately, you know, I hate to say, but you earned it and thankfully you, you survived it. So is there any like profound lesson? Is there anything that that taught you about life? Like, did that um, make you think differently about things? Yeah. Life can all of a sudden, um, it, it can, it can be a, a flash of a light and you're gone. So it made me cherish things a lot more. 
Uh, it definitely made me think about my life and the legacy that I want to leave behind. My income from the, from dividends, I don't even use. I just reinvest everything. And all the money that I put aside and I invest is just strictly for legacy. I don't use any of that money and don't plan to use any of that money. I want to change my family's future from here on out. That's the best thing that I can do. So they can cherish their life just as much as I cherish mine right now. That's beautiful. I love it. And that, I think that's what a lot of us are trying to do. We just want to leave things a little bitter, not a little bitter, goodness, a little better for those that are coming after us. Yeah. I hope we're not leaving it a little bitter for them crying out loud. So what an experience. And for anybody that's in, like, leave a comment below. We, you know, I'd love to hear from you if you're in the military. Uh, I do want to share that with you because before we went on, you were we were talking. You have a website. I, I, are you comfortable sharing it? I don't have a website. Oh, oh, oh. So yeah. So yeah. if you've been in the military and you're getting out, um, a good thing to look at is VA Claims Insider. Um, if you've already been out for a few years, it doesn't even matter. VA Claims Insider are great. He's helped four of my buddies go from, you know, 50 to hundred percent or 20 to hundred percent um, in VA compensation. And they provide their own doctors. They provide their own uh, CMP exams. They provide all of that stuff. And you just, you submit it all. They take a, they take a small percentage of when you, when, you know, they don't get nothing unless you get something. Uh, it, and it's not a lot. One buddy, he was out of the military for 20 years and he went, he was at 30%, went all the way to hundred percent permanent in total. And he wound up paying him like a thousand dollars. But he got back pay from all of that time. So he got a massive amount of money. And he just gave him a thousand bucks and he was done. So yeah, if you're in or you're getting out or you've been out, definitely check out. I'll have, again, a link in the uh, in the show notes for that website. So it's worth thinking about landing the plane here. What's some of your favorite individual stocks? I love individual stocks. I love talking those. So you said none of them are over 3% of right. your portfolio. So what are a couple of those that are at the higher end on your individuals? Um. So right now, AbbVie is a big one of mine. Uh, it's done great this year. What I look for is I look for any stock that has a dividend growth of at least 10%. And I don't care what, what, what the, uh, what the dividend yield is, cause it's going to go up, but waste management is one Procter and Gamble, AbbVie, Pepsi is, is another one that I'm real heavy in right now, but I do, I do have a banger that's just, just fell completely. That's Verizon. I'm trying to get out of it so bad. I just wanted to go back up to my cost basis and I'm getting out of it. Um, but I do sell options on it. You know, I don't get very much like $10 every time, but yeah. it's a little, you know, it's something. Yeah. It's hard with those that don't have a lot of volatility. The option premium, as I've learned, is really not that good when the stock doesn't move a lot. PepsiCo. Oh, dude, I've actually... You know, a little bit of not a spoiler alert, but I'm I'm going to be having content coming out maybe on the next live stream. I'm really questioning what I'm going to be doing with my hundred shares of PepsiCo, just because of that free cash flow payout ratio. It's I think it's like 113 percent or so now. Analysts are expecting their free cash flow to even worsen in the next trailing 12 months. Or no, that would, <laughs> the next trailing 12 months would be the next 12 months. I guess if if there's a way to confuse myself, I've just done it. But it's supposed to be like 133% free cash flow payout ratio. And it feels so weird to say that now that I'm thinking about selling them when I was such a proponent of them and I want to hold them forever. But when I started investing in them and when I got that 100 shares, that free cash flow payout ratio, and it was nowhere where it is now. So 
something fundamentally has changed with that investment and it's kind of a red flag. And do you ever feel like you might be too emotionally attached to a stock and you might overlook some of the big red flags that might be waving right in front of your face like I am? Uh, no, uh, if, I, if I like them. And so the reason why I bought Pepsi to begin with is my son loves chips. He just, he admires chips and Pepsi, you know, they got a snack line, they got their soda line and the wife loves drinking Pepsi products. And that's the only reason I bought it. And it's usually always sold out wherever I go. It's just annoying. So I bought it. And yeah, it's down. But the way I look at it is they're, they're a dividend king. I'm going to keep them. Uh, it'll go up eventually. But am I tied to anything? Could I sell? I could sell anything in my portfolio other than my SCHD, my XLK, and my VOOP. I'll sell everything else. No problem. It's those things as investors, dude, we got to work through. And everybody has their own little... What's one of your favorite metrics that you look for with uh, with a dividend stock when you're going to invest in it? What's one <laughs> well, of your favorites? It, it, it used to be intrinsic value, but uh, after your last video, I don't think I'm going to look at that anymore. Um, it's it's going to be uh, more towards the free cash flow because that's where the dividend comes from. After after everything else is paid, their free cash flow that's where the dividend comes from. So if they're Free cash flow can't cover the dividend; they're in trouble. I also look at look at management and at fundamentals. If their fundamentals haven't changed, they're still like, for instance, Realty Income. Their fundamentals haven't changed; they're in a down market. I'm still buying ADC. I'm still buying Prologis. I'm still buying. So you know, those are all, all my Roth. So no ADC. Joey agree. I I just tweeted it out. So uh, their CEO yesterday picked up four thousand more shares in the mid like fifty three dollar range, and last week he bought four thousand shares. So he's bought like eight thousand shares, and that's on the open market. That's not his. Uh, there's a website, CEO dash buys again, and there's going to be just loaded stuff in the show notes. Look down there. If you're watching this, you're listening, you'll see it. So CEO dash buys, you can put in any ticker symbol. And from what I understand, they will show you when a CEO bought shares on the open market with their own money. So not stock options, not gifts, not anything like that. It's only when they buy in the open market. And dude, we'd love to see that as investors. Because that, you know, tells us somebody on the inside is only buying because they think the stock is cheap and it's going to go up. So, you know, they could be wrong again. Like, like we said, you know, yeah. as of this recording, I'm not aware. I don't know about you of anybody that can predict the future with 100% accuracy. I mean, Warren Buffett is pretty close, but no. But I like ADC. ADC is essentially realty income. Yep. It's just smaller. Realty income has to buy and do so much just to move the needle. ADC is a smaller company. They're going to expand faster than OCAN. So I'm, 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 I'm backing up the truck on ADC in my Roth. Yeah, I, you know, after I, now you, you may have just been the cherry on the on top, but I've, I've been thinking about that when we just saw Realty Income buy that stake in the Bellagio, the 21% stake. Like they're so big. I think the number I had seen was like. $50 billion in assets under management or something like that, yeah, I think was the number. But if you look at it, everyone's saying really bad things about the Bellagio deal, but if you actually look at it, it's only like 0.1% of their entire portfolio. Yeah, it just goes to show though, that's how big they are, that they're really trying, it's not going to move the needle. And they're so big that, you know, they're trying to move the needle, but like with Agree Realty, you know, and that's, that's something I always wonder, like why... How come the CEO of Realty Income isn't buying more shares of when it's this cheap, you know? So it's it just gives you the warm and fuzzy to see uh, Joey agree buying his own company like on the open market. I don't is there anything we haven't covered? Like is there any bit of advice? I mean, you know, say hi to say hi to your son and 
<laughs> really? The only advice that I could say, I don't care if it was today or yesterday, you need to start. I don't care if you're 40 years old, 10 years old, 20 years old. It doesn't matter your age. Just start. Um, you'll be surprised from 40 to 60, it's 20 years. You know, I, I didn't start again. Once I got out and retired, I was 38 and I was broke. I took everything out. I was broke. And then I started all over again. And now I'm back up to 176 and, and I'm only 43. So it only took a couple of years. Um, it doesn't take long if you just set it, forget it, and just start. Um, you're never too old to start. I got my my dad just retired at 65. He didn't start until he was 55. And he's already got 100 grand saved up. So he's he just retired. Which is, I mean, it's not a lot in the grand scheme of things, but it's going to help him through his retirement on top of social security broke to over six figures net worth in, in a few short years, dude, I've really enjoyed this and I'm happy I, I had you on and you came on. So is there, if, if anybody wants to um, send you a lot, do you have any kind of social media? Is there any way anyone can get in touch with you that you would like to share? No, I pretty much banned all social media personally. Uh, I don't like it. Um, there's just too much drama out there and save the drama for your mama. I don't want anything to do with it. Um, the only thing you can do is just email me. Um, it's my last name, Cowley, C-O-W-L-E-Y, Mike and Sierra, so M-S, 01 at gmail.com. Yeah, and again, I know I do this a lot. I'll have a link in the show notes if you'd like to email Mike. And I guess I'll end it with this. If somebody was thinking of going into the Marines right now, what piece of advice would you have for them? Uh, do it if, if that's what you want to do. Uh, boot camp is is going to be rough, but I loved it. I love basic. I, I'm a very structured guy and I love structure and basic was amazing. It's really simple. You do as you're told. It, you can't mess it up. You really can't. If you were going to go into a service and you hadn't picked, if I could go back and do it over again, I would win the Air Force. I'm sorry to ah. the Marines out there. Oh no! I'll cut this out. I'll edit this out. <laughs> no, by all means. I, I'm serious. I, I, I've even taught my son. He was gonna like. He's he's very soft spoken. He's soft hearted. He'd never make it as a Marine. Um, so I told him, look, you need to go Air Force. Just go because Air Force. What I found is Air, Air Force. Force. Yeah. Well, not only that, but Air Force seem to be more successful. Actually, um, they actually do more because they're not kicking in doors, man. You know, they have a special ops, but they're not kicking indoors. They're doing their job every single day where if you're if you're infantry like I was, you know, you're not doing your job. You're, all you're doing is kicking indoors and shooting people, you know, and training, going to the field. You don't learn any good skills through doing that. So, yeah, I mean, go go into another branch besides the Marines if if you want to be successful in life, essentially. Yeah, so I, I kind of selfishly, I have a second cousin who was in during Vietnam and that's why I chose the Navy, because I remember seeing him. He was in the the reserves at Great Lakes, and he would sometimes wear his uniform. So I remember when I was little, and he said the same thing to me when I was deciding where I wanted to go. He's like, you know, hey, if you go in the Navy, you're going to learn a skill. You get a warm bed every night. You're not sleeping on the ground outside, yep. and you're going to get three hot meals. Oh, and he said, and a bathroom. <laughs> there will be a bathroom and running water. I was like... Okay, sold. Navy it is. And then I ended up on the John C. Stennis, so uh, aircraft carrier. What an experience. And, dude, what an experience uh, talking with you. And I've, I've, I love it. I just love meeting people in this community. And I appreciate you for uh, giving us a little bit of your time and coming on. I appreciate you having me on. It's been great. Absolutely. All right. And for you, everybody else, thank you for stopping on by. And we will talk to you in the next video.